bringing you key insights, tips, and advice from the brightest minds in the Canadian franchise industry. This is the Franchise Canada Chats podcast. Welcome to the Franchise Canada Chats podcast, where we take you into the world of franchising. Our interviews are with franchisees, franchisors, and industry leaders who give on the pulse expert advice and share their franchising insights and experiences. I'm your host, Stephanie. This is season four, episode nine of the spring season. In this episode, I talk to Mad Science Group President and CEO Shafiq Mina and franchisee Kyle Upton, who has more than 20 years of experience in franchising as he owns two locations in St. Catharines and London, Ontario. Mad Science Group is a science enrichment program for children that has 165 franchise locations in more than 20 countries worldwide. Here, Shafiq and Kyle share why franchisees having passion for the industry they join is so vital to their success and overall happiness as business owners. The new Crayola Imagine Arts Academy franchising opportunity that Mad Science Group created to reach children with an interest in the arts and how the COVID-19 pandemic pushed the brand to transition from an in-person and hands-on learning approach to an entirely virtual process that's been implemented for the past year. Enjoy the episode. Shafiq, to start, can you tell us a bit about the Mad Science Group concept and what sets it apart? Sure. So so Mad Science is the number one hands-on science enrichment offering for kids in the world, which is an envious place to be and a proud place to be as a Canadian company. So that's math science. And what, what does that mean? It means uh, through our awesome franchise network, we deliver um, science activities to kids in many different forms and shapes, many different places, ranging from the very entertaining, like a birthday party, to the very educational, uh, like a workshop, which happens in the school during the school day. So in a nutshell, that's what math science is. Awesome. And Kyle, what were you doing before you became a mad science group franchisee? And why were you attracted to this brand in particular? All right. Well, I went to did the school thing. Uh, and then after high school, because what do you do after high school? You find other school to go to. Uh, so I continued uh, on uh, education into, uh, into university, did the science thing. But uh, pretty, pretty soon discovered that although I really enjoyed science, uh, uh, watching my profs who were really good at science, but maybe not so much the connection with real life people. Uh, and that was something that I, I didn't, didn't want to lose out on. So um, uh, from there, I, I spent some time uh, working in historic sites, basically getting people excited about a topic that a lot of people doesn't, don't get excited about. Uh, I was introduced to entrepreneurship uh, through my dad and actually introduced to, uh, to mad science through my dad as well. But at that point, I kind of looked at it and went, ah, I'm fresh out of university. I don't have any money. I don't have any job experience. Uh, it sounds cool, but mm, not, not really, uh, not really. For me. But then after a couple more years of uh, management in, uh, in historic sites, uh, I sort of came back to it and went, okay, now I've got some experience. I've got some money. Uh, let's check this out because, you know, history is cool, but uh, wouldn't it be great if I could be master of my own destiny and, uh, and chart my course separately that way. So uh, re-looked at it, uh, visited them up in Montreal and thought, wow, yeah, this is perfect. It captures my 
wanting to get people excited about learning. It captures my cool toys through science. It puts my science background to work and uh, being able to be supported by uh, you know, a very enthusiastic gang there in Montreal seemed like a, a, you know, a perfect fit. Amazing. And Shafiq, what are some of the benefits that you offer your franchisees? Uh, I, I will, but I'm just, I want to ask Kyle, how long ago was that, Kyle? Uh, I signed the papers for Niagara in uh, 2000. 2000, 20 years ago. Yes. So I, just, I wanted to highlight, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, Kyle. So you asked what, I think, what are the, what are the benefits we offer to franchises? So I think um, it's a bigger question. When, when we thought about franchising and over the years, the question we ask ourselves is, what can we do to make the life of a franchisee easier? Our business is, it's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's got a lot of moving pieces. So the question is always, how, what, what can we do that makes it easier for a franchisee to run their business? So what do we offer? We try as much as possible to offer a turnkey solution in the sense of marketing. So all the marketing material they need, operations, operational support, whether it's a, a website that they can use to transact, whether it's an internal portal that allows them to manage their kits and staff. We offer a lot of, probably our, our strongest asset that we offer franchisees is our magnificent R&D team. They're the ones who come up with all the cool experiments and they're best in class. So they create all the content, they test it. We have something called a kids advisory board. And what that is, is really we, we invite a whole bunch of kids to our office and they test all the programs when they're first being created. And kids are amazing because they'll tell you the truth. So if you do something that's no good, they'll just tell you that that sucks, which is awesome when you're trying to prototype and make sure you got it right. So we do that. And then uh, R&D does a great job with that. And by the time we're done and we deliver it to our franchisees, it's, it's kind of almost finished. And then we roll it out to the system. So it's... Which, which, again, it's the same logic. How do we make their life easy? How do we deliver something to them where they just kind of, as much as possible in the context of what you do, kind of just follow the recipe and apply it and, and be successful? Awesome. And um, I'll let either one of you answer this question, but what does your ideal franchisee look like for Mad Science? Ooh, that, that's a good question. That's a good question. Carl, do you want to answer it? What do you think that the... the, the... I I think I might get in trouble if I answer that. <laughs> on the phone, Shafiq. Um, oh. uh, but if I could jump back to Shafiq's earlier answer there, that from putting on the, the, the franchisee hat, that I, I think that, um, Shafiq, you, you really undersell, too, the, just the power of having a community behind you. Uh, I mean, yeah, I agree with you on the whole, you know, R&D is fantastic, the amount of programming that, that comes out. Uh, and that then I don't have to worry about, but just knowing that you've got a whole team of diverse expertise that's got your back. Uh, I mean, I'd like to think that I am like the super expert in everything, um, but I think a big part of uh, being successful in business is, is recognizing your own limitations and being able to surround yourself with complementing skill sets. So to have that as a package, just a phone call away, whether I need uh, accounting or, uh, hey, how do, I, how do I send these chemicals? What, what are they gonna work with? What are the dangers here? You know, what do I need to worry about in terms of copyright? 
all that sort of stuff is, is uh, you know, just a uh, button press away. Um, so that is the huge power of a franchise, or I'll say it, the huge power of a successful franchise system like, uh, like the Mad Science Group. Yeah, and Kyle, you hit on something, but I, I want to clarify it. It's not just, I think what Kyle is saying, it's not just our, our team in, Mad, in Montreal. We're, we're 45 people in Montreal. It, the, what differentiates Mad Science is, it, I think it's done an awesome job in building and supporting its community. So the, the community Kyle is talking about is not the 45 people that work at Mad Science. It's the 165 franchises around the world that support each other. And, and like you said, it's nice to know that even if Kyle calls up and we don't have the answer at head office, he knows they can call any one of his colleagues. And chances are somebody has gone through that same challenge and has found a solution. And I think that's our, probably our strongest asset. And as a franchisor, we recognize that and nurture it, that if we make our community stronger, we as a whole become stronger. So I think that's probably, and I don't think it was intentional. I can't tell you it was somebody's brilliant idea. We've just done that and now that's where we are. Now I'll answer your question of what I think makes a great franchisee. So I think, and this goes with what it, you have to define yourself. What, what does a good franchisor do? And then what, what makes a good franchisee? So in my mind, a good franchisor delivers two things. Uh, they deliver the intellectual property that you're buying, whatever it is, the brand and the, or the experience, and they deliver as much as possible the tools that make the franchisee successful. So for me, a good franchisee should have one of these two things. If they have both, that's awesome, but they should have one of these two things. They're either really strong marketers or really strong operator. And I think the very good franchisees, if they don't have both skills, and rarely do people have both skills, the really good franchisees recognize which is their strong point, and then they go complement the other. So if the person is very detail-oriented, they'll make a good operator, and they're probably not the greatest marketer. So the, the good ones go and hire a great marketer, and vice versa. If they're a great marketer, then they might not be detail-oriented. They're very creative, and they know how to communicate and talk, but they're not. So they complement it with a great operator. So that's what I think we look for when we're looking for a franchisee. We're trying to assess, are you a good operator or are you a good marketer? And you need to have one of these two skills. The rest, we try as a franchisor to deliver to you. I managed to sneak in early enough that they, uh, they didn't have <laughs> either of those skill set. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. Your longevity doesn't suggest that. <laughs> so, Kyle, as a franchisee with Mad Science Group for 21 years now, what has your experience been like? That's a very broad question. I, I, I love what I do that uh, even with the extra, you know, strains of the of recent, uh, recent months, that I cannot imagine doing anything other than what I'm doing. I'd like to dabble in, you know, sort of all aspects. I'm lucky enough that I've got a fantastic staff here, that the stuff that I'm maybe not enjoy doing, which hopefully is also the stuff that I'm not good at, that I can kind of pawn off to, uh, to somebody else. But the, uh, the essence of the business is gets me up and going every day that there's the creative elements. There is the excitement of being able to bring 
you know, the, the giggles and the joy of the kids as they're learning something to be able to, to support my staff and, and see sort of them reach out to their goals, even if sometimes that means that, you know, they're no longer my staff, they've moved on to bigger and better things, which is both a, a sad thing, but also, you know, a really rewarding thing that I can, um, you know, do my part to give that uh, jumping off point to people who maybe I was kind of like 20 years ago um, when, uh, when I made the decisions that, uh, that I made. You know, the end of the month accounting, mm, yeah, maybe not as, uh, not as fun, just being able to punch the numbers. But at the same time, there is a certain, uh, a certain joy in being able to take something and complete it without all the object, the, all the subjectivity of, you know, the other aspects of, uh, of the business. That, uh, that Shriek did, I think, say that uh, there's a lot of moving parts to the mad science business. There's a lot of things that you have to stay on top of. And sometimes that can be a real downer on your day. But at the same time, it, it, you, there is no lack of change and excitement. And if you're into that, then that, that you've got that, uh, that opportunity to do something almost completely different every day, but be always moving towards, you know, the, the, the same goal. Perfect. Um, Shafiq. Uh, Mad Science Group launched in 1985 and has been franchising since 1995. What are some successes you've achieved since becoming a franchise system? That's a great question. I think for me, one of the successes is, is seeing my franchisees shatter revenue targets over our history. I don't think when Mad Science was launched, somebody ever thought that a mad science business could generate a million dollars in revenue. So I think we fell, you know, backwards when that first happened and we're like, wow. And then we saw a franchisee break the 1.5 million and we're like, that's not possible. And just pre-COVID, we had a couple of franchisees break the $2 million barrier. So that, that blows our mind because, I mean, I, I didn't found the business, but when I speak to my partners and I say, did you ever think that you create a concept where a franchisee can make that money? They, they, it, no, it wasn't, it wasn't. Nobody thought that would happen. So that I think is a tremendous success. I think another success, and that's a testament again to our wonderful community is that we've had a relationship with NASA for over 10 years now. And that relationship keeps growing. And I think that's a testament to being a professional organization that does what it says and delivers on its promise. Otherwise, you know, NASA just doesn't partner with everybody, right? So I think these are kind of from outside looking in and inside looking in. This is what I would say was probably the highlight of success for us. Wow, amazing. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Did you know that Franchise Canada has a newsletter sent twice a month that's packed full of fresh franchise opportunities? With Franchise Canada e-news, you get new content from Franchise Canada magazine, franchisee success stories, industry news about CFA members, educational videos all about franchising, and you can keep up to date on the newest episodes of the Franchise Canada Chats podcast that you're listening to right now. Plus, by subscribing to Franchise Canada e-news, you get a free subscription to Franchise Canada magazine. Subscribe now at franchisecanada.online. Now back to the podcast episode you were enjoying. And Kyle, what about for you? What successes have you achieved with your franchise? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm really proud that, uh, I mean, Niagara was, was a very quick off. We were, uh, I guess, accepted into the school system relatively quickly, uh, whether that's just my overwhelming charm or more likely just, uh, you know, good timing and, uh, you know, a good match for what was going on in the school system as well. So um, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome that we have programs going on in a majority of, uh, of Niagara schools throughout any given school year. So the fact that, you know, there's more schools that have an ongoing, in some cases, you know, double decade long partnership relationship uh, with us uh, at Mad Science, there's more of those schools than there are of the schools that, that don't. So that is, that is pretty awesome. And uh, uh, because we're, uh, our school business is structured as a, as a not-for-profit. So we also then keep, can keep track of the amount of programming that we give back to the community. So being able to see those, those numbers uh, is, is pretty fantastic. And then the, you know, the accumulated numbers of these are kids that we've made an impact to that perhaps, you know, wouldn't have, have got that if we weren't around. So uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, and not to, now that I'm old, uh, as Shafiq has established that I've been wearing a lab coat for the last 21 years, but we're now at the stage where uh, we're seeing the generational impact of mad science in our community, that we've got kids who are in mad science because their parents were in mad science, which is pretty cool. Less cool when your staff are like, yeah, I, I was in mad science. You were my teacher in like when I was in grade one. That's that's a little less cool, but uh, it's uh, it's pretty awesome that you know to be able to see that impact now translated down at a generational level. Wow, amazing! Shafiq, Mad Science Group has 160 franchisees spread across more than 20 countries. So, how do you keep your franchisees connected across the long distance? And what kind of support do you offer your franchisees? Communication, 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 and more communication. Uh, and I think what, having been in franchising for a long time, I think communicate. You, you quickly realize communication doesn't mean you talking to the franchisees. Communication means you talking to the franchisees and you listening to the franchisees. It doesn't mean you're going to be able to do everything the franchisees ask for. But I think what builds community is you listening. Mm-hmm. And answering honestly, saying if you can do it, and also if you're going to promise to do it, to get it done. I think that's how you keep a community together. And that, that what I've realized is what gets you through the tough times. Uh, I know we're going to talk about the impact of COVID, but I, I compare franchising like to a marriage. You asked the question of Kyle Pryor, right? How was your relationship over 20 years? It's a marriage. And a marriage has some beautiful days and has some tough days. And if you have a good solid foundation and you know that your partner is going to listen to you, they might not agree with you all the time, but they're going to listen to you and they're going to treat you with respect. And it's a two-way thing, right? You can't just be one way. Then your marriage has a better chance of success. And I think that's, that's core. That's basic. So when we think of it, we think of it that way. So when we communicate, yes, we tell our franchisees what the model is and there's a lot of restrictions and so forth, but we also are open to feedback and we do make mistakes. Sometimes we, we come up with initiatives and franchisee says, oh boy, that's that's not good. And they explain why it's not good. And we are able to say, okay, yeah, got it. And we take it back and rework it. So it, that builds the solid foundation you need that gets you through the good times and the bad times. And Kyle, was there anything you underestimated about business ownership 
before becoming a franchisee? And are there any key lessons you've learned as a business owner? Uh, how much space I seem to uh, expand into. I've discovered I uh, suffer from the goldfish syndrome. And I just, there's so much cool stuff. I just need to get it. Uh, and then I end up with mad science kits building up all over the place. And uh, because there's always something that you can tweak to make it cooler and better, then uh, I sadly find that, you know, there's, I, there's a big risk in getting rid of any stuff, right? Because you might need it for later. I mean, camp is terrible for this because you can always put something to use for camp. So uh, unfortunately, that is that has certainly triggered a certain hoarder uh, complex here. So I'm very happy that, uh, that I have a very forgiving family as sometimes the uh, mad science stuff expands into, uh, into family space. So yeah, that's, that's definitely something. If, if the kits weren't cool, then I could get rid of them. But there's so much to offer out of every box. I signed the papers for Mad Science of Niagara in 2000. And then I signed the papers for Mad Science of, uh, of London. I uh, took over from a, uh, I guess, a retiring franchisee. So that, that ended up with me with two. There was a brief period of time where I was involved with Mad Science Hamilton. And then my, one of my staff went up to uh, Mad Science, started Mad Science of Barrie. So that was kind of an eye opener because uh, particularly the, the difference between Niagara and, and London, Niagara, we, uh, you know, we jumped right in the school system and everybody loved us and it was great. But uh, I guess part of the, uh, the key instances is that there can be rather huge differences, even though it's, it's me and I've got a workable system here and I know what works in this particular area. But that's, you know, just geographically or socially or culturally, there, there can be big differences um, just, you know, within a, a two hour car ride in terms of, of uh, you know, making a tried and tested program work. So I don't know where I'm going with that particular discussion, but probably the key is, is that those are things that, that I never anticipated. And, you know, if I was just relying on my own, you know, ability as a, as a business owner, a business, uh, you know, an entrepreneur, that those would have been much more difficult times that having, uh, having a franchise system behind me where I can connect with people who that is their experience. Their experience may be different than mine, but that's where I can, I can steal their wisdom in order to adapt it to uh, circumstances that I didn't anticipate and that were different than what my experience had been. And I think that that's going to be a really huge thing as we move forward out of this COVID era, era uh, because every, every brain out there, every experience out there it, we can we can meld those together and build on them as a system rather than just individuals struggling to find what works now in this new and exciting world. So are you just a franchisee of St. Catharines or do you have another location? Uh, yeah, I, I also have the, uh, the Mad Science of London, London, Ontario area. Oh, okay. Shafiq, 
Mad Science Group created the Crayola Imagine Arts Academy brand that was launched in 2016 and started franchising in 2019. Can you tell me a little bit about this initiative and why you decided to launch it? What kind of business opportunity it is for prospective franchisees? Sure. So the initiative behind the launch of Crayola's Imagine Arts Academy was really twofold. Uh, So one, we heard a lot of feedback from our franchisees about, and from our customers that were saying, hey, we wish there was something like this in the arts. You guys are so good, so cool, so cool, and you kind of buttoned it up well. We wish there was something like this in the arts. So that was one kind of, that got us thinking and kind of looking at the landscape, what there was, what there wasn't, what what was lacking, how, how we would do it differently. And then the other impetus was was honestly a personal one my daughter so I have three kids two boys and a girl and my kids have experienced math science ad nauseum as you can imagine Uh, they love it but my daughter is very artistic inclined and she was always asking me for art stuff and I kind of you know the R&D team would kind of help me when I would bring her into the office with me and she'd make some art and she would love it and these two kind of uh, impetuses got us thinking about, wait a minute, can we do something in the arts in the same way we've done with math science? And if we did, we got to be sure that we're going to do it well, because the world knows us at math, as math science. So what do we know about arts? So we, we reached out to Crayola. We, we, we kind of we did some really intensive market research. And then we put a plan together and we reached out to Crayola. And the crux of the idea, Stephanie, was... We didn't want, we felt that there was an opportunity being missed. And the opportunity was that other art programs were teaching kids to paint, to draw, to to sculpt. And we thought that art was a medium. Art taught us way more than the technical skills of painting and drawing. Art teaches us culture, teaches us creativity, teaches us collaboration. And that the emphasis should be on these things rather than the technical skills because, I don't know, you got 15 kids in a class, one will be a great drawer, but the rest won't be. But they still benefit, right? So what is it about that? So we spend a lot of time and came up finally with Crayola's Imagine Arts Academy. And, it, and, it, and its goal is to use those techniques to teach kids creativity, to teach kids collaboration, culture, uh, empathy. You know, one of the biggest myths I learned in that process is that some people are creative and some people are not. It turns out that's a myth. Research has proven that that's a myth, that creativity is a muscle. And if you practice that muscle off enough, well, then you are creative. And if you don't, well, (laughs) you're less creative. So what we're trying to do is give kids the tools that they're gonna need in the future and creativity, collaboration, empathy are, I think, as important, if potentially not more important than science skills or art skills. That's, to me, Crayola's Imagine Arts Academy. That sounds so, so cool. Um, Kyle, have you done anything with the Crayola Arts Academy? Do you have any interest in it? Yeah, it's awesome. That, uh, and that kind of surprises me a little bit. Uh, as, as I said, I'm a science guy, right? So general honor science, whatever my degree was in. And I love the toys. And... I like this, I guess, the, the show person-ness, if that's a word kind of thing. I'm a really bad franchise owner because I like going out and doing the shows. Don't tell Shafiq. 
but uh, when I looked at the uh, what uh, what was coming out of the the Crayola Imagine Arts when it was first being birthed, I suppose I looked at it. You know, I guess purely from the numbers. Mad Science of Niagara, we're a relatively small population area. So if I wanted to continue to grow my business, I don't have any other kids to put into my programs. We're in almost all the schools. We can't really expand uh, in terms of into new geography. So the only way that we could grow the business is rather than having a kid that does mad science once a year or twice a year, well, if we had a different option, then the kid could do mad science and they could do the different option. And, you know, we could potentially, you know, double, double our business here because we're, we're providing two distinct products to the same population base. So that, that, I mean, that's that, that not punch the numbers that, that seems to work. That is cool. But yeah, I mean, it's not science, right? There's no really cool toys to it. So I was really amazed when, you know, testing it out on kids and sitting in on, on, on the programs. Okay, there's, there's less, you know, Quantum Kyle, you're awesome. We're all watching you. There's less of that. But the impact to the kids, because everything in Crayola Imagine Arts Academy is it's, it's the individual experience. We have a lot of that in mad science, but just because of the nature of things, there are, there are some experiences that we have to demonstrate just for safety reasons, or we only have so much of the cool equipment. So kids are working in groups and that works at a certain level, but for some kids it doesn't. Whereas everything in uh, Crayola Imagine Arts Academy, it's all individually based. And that has a huge impact on the kids. So yeah, and then now that we've entered into the, the world of COVID, that in a lot of ways, that, that experience translates through the camera it, it, with certain advantages over what, what I'm used to doing with math science. So it's, it's huge. And, uh, and, and, and yeah, the, the impact of being able to take art as the hands-on, I mean, science is all about creativity as well, but kids don't know that it's okay to be creative in science. So a lot of our science exploration with, with kids in the maths, with the math science hat on is uh, getting kids excited and enthused and motivated about STEM and science from an early age. Uh, it's that enthusiasm that's the key, but we often don't have uh, the time or I guess, I don't want to say the equipment, but that the, the format of mad science programs doesn't really allow you to move kids to the point where they're able to be creative in science in the same way. So being able to take something that kids are already quite comfortable with, it's okay to be creative with art, and then being able to introduce them to more basic life skills. I, I like the, the, the introduction to culture and geography uh, that's offered through our, uh, our, our artist passport program, uh, the introduction to uh, animal conservation that's, uh, that's you know, underlying in our, in our wild world program. I mean, it's, it's really, really cool to see them latch on to both those things, the creative elements of the artistic project that they're doing, and then the, just the enthusiasm to the, the learning element that, that underlines all of our activities there.
Stephanie, I, 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 can you tell we're passionate about what we do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing myself very. talk and I'm hearing uh, Quantum Kyle talk. And it just, it's, it's, you know, we're very lucky. We're very lucky that we're in a business that allows us to make money, support our families, but it's very rewarding. And, and I came from a background where I'm an attorney and that was very rewarding, but uh, financially, but, but there's a different level of moral reward that comes with working at Math Science or at Crowley's Imagine Arts Academies. You genuinely feel you're contributing to make to open the minds of kids, and that that's powerful. That that that's very fulfilling morally. So mm -hmm. we're we're very lucky. That's why we get excited, and we can probably talk about it for hours. But we we love what we do, and that's that's a blessing. Not not a lot of people can say that. Yeah, if there's anything I've learned with talking to franchisees over the past few months. It's having a passion for what you do when you're a business owner is like key key important part of succeeding and and actually loving what you do. So that's awesome. Uh, moving on to the big topic at hand, Shafiq, what impact did COVID-19 have on the Mad Science Group franchise system? Uh, so I'm a, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So, but, so I'll start off telling you the, the empty part of the glass and then I'll tell you. So the, the difficult part was uh, our business literally came to a standstill because we are the antithesis of social distancing. We're all about hands-on experiences and gathering kids and, and experiencing things together. So you can imagine when school closed down, when there was social distancing, our birthday party disappeared, the camp business disappeared. So overnight, kind of, it was like, boom, the lights went off. And that was difficult. That was, I mean, very difficult. Now, the glass half full side. What I discovered about our team and our community is that we are a resourceful, creative bunch. There is, it seems, no challenge we won't attempt to overcome. So the beautiful part of the, of the, or the flip side of the COVID, I won't say beautiful, is that we have innovated more in the last year than we have done in a very long time. And necessity is the mother of all inventions. Well, that was very real for us. We had to pivot. So I can tell you that prior to March 30th last year, we didn't have one program that was delivered online. Everything was hands-on in person. For the last year, we've delivered all our programs online. And we and that turnaround was quickly. I mean, we started with after-school programs in April of 2020 because parents had paid for the services. They were expecting that services. And, and it was even more paramount now for them because they were stuck at home with their kids. So the importance of that time for the them space between them and their kids was that much more paramount so we needed to deliver and it, and it was I mean I, I I can't believe when I look back and say how much things we've accomplished in that year it, it blows my mind away and it's it was you know that the, the group the community came together the team came together it was clear that us alone at head office were, were not going to be able to solve this so it, it took and it, it's, it, it was a testament I go back to what I said earlier right it was a testament that we had a strong foundation because when needed, we came together and said, okay, what are we going to do? And we divided up the work and it got done and it was amazing. And I think coming out of this on the other side, that will make us a stronger group as a community. And I say community at large, us and our franchisees. I think we've, we've been through difficult time. It allowed us to gel, understand our strengths and our weaknesses, and we'll be better off for it when it's behind us. 
And Kyle, same question to you. Um, how did COVID-19 change the structure of your franchise? What did you introduce, implement to your business? It's been an exciting year. I think that, yeah, that I guess our society as a whole, that we get that there are, you know, a lot of small businesses that are hugely impacted. But I think sometimes we miss out that there's there's a whole scale there, right? And, you know, some businesses are doing fine. Some businesses are like, you know, taking a 10, 20, 30% hit. And then there are some areas of our economy where it's like, it's just gone. It's like 90% missing. That's because of the nature of our business, that, that's pretty much for it. Uh, I'm very heavily, you know, the majority of the kids that we reach in Niagara are through our school partnerships. And those doors are, are closed for understandable reasons, right? That we need to protect those establishments. And, you know, although I'd love to say that, that mad science is, uh, is essential, and I think it's essential globally, but it's not essential right now. So that has been very difficult. That's watching as, you know, we took a, a really cool core of staff and, you know, basically the best thing that we could do for them was make sure that they moved on because, uh, you know, we're, we're on, on pause here. So the, the move to virtual is kind of cool. Again, you know, when I first looked at it, uh, you know, coming out of June and uh, looking at the summers going like, there's no way, right? That, you know, it's the coolness, the interaction between the instructor and the kids, the interaction between the kids, the cool toys. You know, we, we, we can't provide, there's no way that we can provide a quality of experience that's equivalent. And it's like, I was pleasantly surprised. It's one of those nice times when you can go, wow, that's awesome. I love being wrong. Um, because the resiliency of the kids, I guess, uh, keyed with developments in the technology you are able to connect with kids through the screen. Kids are able to connect with other kids in a, in a virtual program. And in some ways that our move, the requirement that for kids to participate in a hands-on way, we needed to rejig our programs so that they were individually based so that kids could do it on their own so that we could send supply packs out so that they have supplies to do it. There is a huge amount of that, that it's like, why were we never doing this in our in-person classes? This adds value and quality and it'll, it'll work even better. Okay, I don't know if I wanna say even better, but it will improve the model of our, our in-person programs. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of cool. That I guess you can look at things as a disaster or you can look at things as an opportunity. And uh, I guess how you look at that is, is what determines whether you stay sane or not. But there's, there is a, a huge, huge, I don't want to use the word opportunity, but I can't think of anything else that fits that, uh, that format right now. But to be able to reinvent yourself, being forced is a little bit painful. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a, it's an amazing learning experience of being able to see what is possible and, you know, we'll, this, this will end, we'll move through the world may be different, maybe not, but, you know, being able to use that as a learning experience to, uh, to grow the experience, to make it even better moving forward. One of the challenges for the Niagara region is that we have a very strange geography. The bulk of our population is the Niagara region, 
But uh, we also have way down there by Highway 3, we also, uh, our territory includes, you know, the Simcoe area, which is just really hard to get to. Well, now we have an answer for that, that rather than parents having to pay to have, you know, a mad scientist physically travel out there, that we, we have the tools and the programming now to offer something that wasn't an option 18 months ago. It's kind of cool. Awesome. That's great to hear that it's worked out for you. Shafiq, what advice do you have for those considering franchising right now, I guess, in the perspective of a franchisor? Try to something that brings you passion, because we've touched on earlier. If you're passionate about what you do, the time will be less onerous. You'll enjoy what you'll do, and chances are you'll be more successful. So try to don't be guided just by the numbers. Look at what really what really drives you and then do your homework. There's a lot of franchisors out there and the franchising model per se is a good model, but like in everything, there's good and there's bad. So the more you learn, the more you understand about what business you want to get into, who you want to get into business with, ask around, get feedback. Don't hesitate to ask tough questions. If your franchise, if the potential franchisor is not able to answer those questions, maybe they're not the right one for you. Uh, but do your homework. So follow your heart and do your homework is probably the best two advice I can give to somebody who wants to franchise. And Kyle, what about from you and your perspective as a franchisee, what advice do you have to other people considering franchising right now? My experience with franchising, I lucked in. I, I found myself in a really good franchise system. And I, I know that's not always the case. But uh, yeah, not, not to parrot what Shafiq has already said, but if you're looking at entrepreneurship, there's a huge joy of being able to grow something and create something and, you know, with any luck, have that thing outlive you and move forward without you. But entrepreneurship is not for everyone because it's, it's kind of more of a lifestyle choice than a, uh, than a job. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's one of the most difficult things is being able to, to walk away and go, okay, now I got to spend time on being me rather than being me with the business owner hat on and me with the accounting, doing the paperwork hat on and me with the, uh, inspirational staff leader hat on, or me with the lab coat, making kids giggle hat on. So, uh, so it's, it's always there in the back of your head, uh, which can be a really awesome thing, but sometimes it's also always there in the back of your head and, uh, and you're, you're kind of linked to it. So, uh, so yeah, you need to find something that is going to be a part of your life and that it's going to continue to make you happy being part of your life. And that for, you know, a fairly extended time that, you know, you'll, you need to put the effort into, into growing it. So uh, from a franchising point of view, one, I think this is franchise, franchising as a model. This is the time because the world has so many question marks right now that going it on your own, there's a lot of dangers there. And if you don't know what you don't know, you you don't know what kind of quicksand you may be walking into. So uh, being able to have the support of a system that already knows how it's supposed to work and uh, can give you that that stability to be able to shape your dream without having to learn everything the hard way 
uh, you know, this is the time to find a good franchise that, that is able to support you um, so that you don't have to be making the, we learn best from our mistakes, but at a certain point, there's only so many mistakes you can make <laughs> before you, uh, you, uh, you, you may have learned, but uh, there's only so many mistakes that you can, you can make while learning and still moving forward. So that was all of my questions. I don't know if there's anything either of you wanted to add. Thank you, first of all, for the interview. Uh, we're, we're, like I said, you know, we're, we're very lucky that we do a business that we enjoy, that we're passionate about, and we hope to be able to find people like that. So mm -hmm. as we look for future franchisees, I talked about the marketing, I talked about the operational skills, but passion is also important. It's important for them more than for us. Because if they're passionate about it, they'll enjoy the ride a lot more. Yeah. Stephanie, thank you so much. Thank you, too. Thanks, both of you, for joining me today. And thank you, Kyle, too, for your time. My pleasure. I always like talking about myself. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For more franchising resources, including how-to articles, expert advice, franchisee success stories, and franchise opportunities, visit FranchiseCanada.online. Don't forget to subscribe to Franchise Canada eNews while you're there. You can also learn more about franchising at cfa.ca and can connect to specific franchise opportunities at lookforfranchise.ca.